Hello and welcome to Transplaner RPG. We are an all transgender, person of color led, dark fantasy actual play channel featuring homebrew stories that center non colonial, anti orientalist world building and campaigns about queerness, grief, hope, and the power of love. Godkiller First Blood is a 16 part podcast miniseries that follows a mythic, violent, and transformative tale about a single mortal rising against the challenges of the divine. Tonight, your god is me, Connie Chong, and my god killer is C. Thomas. First Blood is a dark fantasy series that explores themes that may be triggering for some listeners. Content warnings for this episode may include fantasy violence, blood, religious imagery, grief, trauma, death of loved ones, self-hatred, heights and falling, romance, and mentions of cannibalism. Episode 13 Devil The fall from grace is always painful. Rune, you plummet for longer than you remember climbing. You plummet through iridescent illusions, through strong, coiling fingers of thunder, through licking tongues of lightning. You plummet for an eternity. You plummet for no time at all. Any attempt you make to throw your knives out and catch something, anything, is laughed back into your face by the howling gusts of wind that now surround you. It is like throwing tinder against a storm. The floor of the tower is fast approaching. You can see yourself in its polished reflection, a shadow growing larger and larger with every passing second. This is so much longer than the fall in Iron 42. This is a death drop at terminal velocity. This is unsurvivable. And in that split second before you smash into the ground, you know you know that you could never escape the tower. You're not like them. You can't confront it. Not yet. Not like this. Maybe one day you could have, but time is not on your side. And then you hit the ground. Or do you? No bones break against hard marble, no skull fractures, no nerve screams, no blood ruptures out of torn, ripped skin. In fact, the landing feels much softer than what you were expecting, with much more give, much more warmth. And then you realize you didn't hit ground. You've landed in the devil's arms. The devil is standing there. At the bottom of the tower, his four wings splayed, holding you in his arms, cradling as one might an injured lamb. His face is that same aberration of beauty as from your dreams. His eyes are that same shade of burning, piercing crimson. He smells like charcoal, blood, hellfire. His hair is the color of soot, and it is draped across his naked, muscled chest. Golden scars glimmer beneath his pectorals, so much closer than they have ever been to your face. 
The devil is here. Inside the tower, in his full physical form, and yet, he is also not here. There is a translucence to his form, an in-between kind of quality, like a ghost suspended in static. He is somewhere between reality and dream, mind and material, cradle and river. And the devil says, I thought you told death you'd be more careful. You're welcome, by the way. As Rune fell, a few seconds before they realized they were going to hit the bottom, Z closed their eyes as they hit the devil's arms landing in them completely limp. I think their head is thrown back, their neck exposed, tossed back like a fallen angel in the devil's arms, their hair kind of pooling down over his arm. And they take a moment to heave a small sigh. Once again being thwarted from their own death by the devil himself. And then their mismatched gaze flutters open and they blink through long lashes up at the devil. And for a moment, they're suspended in that dreamlike quality until a small, piercing burst of fury begins rising in the pit of Rune's stomach, crawling up their spine into their ribs, dancing around it like a jackrabbit. You. You. Again. Me. Me, again, you can't shake me. I am the shadow by your side. Our souls are entwined for better and yes, for worse. The tower is an enigmatic god, even by our standards. Its domain is not strictly material, just like death's. When it brought you in, it brought all of you in, including the part of you that is connected to the river, the part of you that holds me, and the ghost of every god you've killed thus far. At that, Rune's eyes flick upward, searching through the air where they had seen Athamos, where they had seen the chrome glint of the chariot's hide, swirling through the air, devouring, consuming, vicious, and then their eyes flitter back to his face. So you're stuck in here with me? Yes, I'm stuck in here with you. But unlike the Ten of Wands and the Chariot, there is a connection between us that is a little bit deeper than just God-killer and killed God. Rune's lips curl in a small snarl, and their hands tighten against his chest, pushing him a little bit away, so different from how they had just held Antigone falling from the sky through the middle of the tower. They push at him a little bit, almost half-heartedly, because they're still so weak. They've lost so much blood. They're so tired from feeling all of these gods killing and eating each other. They narrow their eyes at him. It's not like you to hide. You didn't say hello as soon as we all found ourselves in here. As you're trying to push the devil away, that hand, I think, that was kind of cupped underneath your head kind of tightens. His fingers tighten around your hair, like preventing you from pushing him away fully, right? As you're kind of being held there in his grip. And he is so strong, though translucent, though half dead, half alive, question mark, half remembered, half known, he is still there and he's forcing your head to look at him. He's forcing you to not drop your gaze. 
That's no way to address your maker, now is it? You are not my maker. I am. Like Tiang, like Freya, like Ellery, Clarion, Bronwyn, Griffin, Opal, Uriel, Emrys, Braith, Briar, Aaliyah, Relum, Nahar, Phylon, Dalvi, Kassira. Shut the fuck up! Vistar, Reyna, Lyran, and Keru, I am your maker. Take their names off your tongue, you bastard! If they made me, then why did they die screaming? At that, there is a flash of black in the crimson pits of the devil's eyes. A flash of... Oh, I think this is going to make you even more angry, Rune. A flash of... Ecstasy? Upon remembering that, when you bring that up, when you bring up how they died screaming, there's just a little bit of jolt of a vicious, cruel pleasure. A little bit of vindication, I think. Oh. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that's why you're still mad at me. Oh, you pitiable, arrogant little worm. I will kill you again twice where you stand. Oh, you can't kill a ghost. You can try, but you will fail. Your friends died screaming because, well... It's like I said that night. They were really so arrogant as to think I wouldn't want my final little pleasure, my final little twist of the knife. The God Killer prophecy states that 21 mortals had to die with love in their hearts, but it never specifies how. You fucking bastard! <laughs> and what of it? What if I am? Haven't I earned it? Don't I deserve it? Rune thrashes around in his grip a little bit, pounding their fists against his chest. He throws you down. <laughs> he casts you down. <sighs> Rune is tossed across the floor. I think they just slide helplessly and kind of like a worm across the floor before scrambling to pull themselves up. Their long knives, I think, are in a heap beside the devil's feet. They look at the knives, they look at the devil again. Fury building inside of them. Look at you. Even though they're so tired, all of those feelings are starting to die down and get replaced by that fire, that anger, that viciousness. <laughs> well, isn't this a nice memory? And the devil kicks your swords across the bottom of the tower to you. The steel clatters against the marble as they slide to a stop right before where you're kind of prone on the ground. Pick them up. Pick them up! And in a perfect mirror of their 18-year-old self, Rune finally picks up their swords to face the devil. You have said countless times, countless times, that you wish you could kill me after you've already done the deed. Well, try. Try. Do it. Pick up your blades. Come at me. Kill me. Kill me. I would like to turn to violence against someone who slanders and mocks my pain. You just unleashed your divinity. You're trying to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Are you coming at the devil with your blades drawn? Yes, I am. Okay, inflict violence. What does it look like as you charge at him and that divinity flares up once more? In all of the mirrors that line the walls of the tower, thousands of mirrors glittering back at Rune, this 
huge space with ghosts and memories of violent gods dancing above their head. Rune comes at the devil. And in the mirror, Rune has four wings. <gasps> a pair of angelic wings and a pair of demon-like bat wings sprouting behind them as they fly at the devil in complete rage. Okay. Roll 2d6, add one for each true statement. They wish you harm. No. You're desperate? Yeah. And it's definitely personal. Plus two. Oh boy. Ah! Girl, what's that face? That is the rudest thing that's ever happened to me. I got snake eyes. Two ones. What? <laughs> that's perfect, though. That's perfect. On a miss, the opposition seizes on a flaw in your approach. Suffer two strain, and the no, GM will describe wait, the coordinator back into. No. You're at four strain. How has this happened twice? How has this happened twice? Uh, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Death is going to be so fucking mad at you. Okay. You fly forward at the devil, your blades brandished, those four wings splayed open and every reflection refracted back at you, and you pound at him, right? You slash, you thrust, you spear, and the devil just stands there. Because every blow you deal him, it just goes through him. You're unable to make contact. You're unable to actually hit him. Just like he's a mirror image. He stands there like face this perfect stone mask of unreadability. A slight sneer, a slight snarl curled on his lip as he looks down at you as you're flinging at him over and over and over again. I think there's maybe even a moment as you throw yourself through him with your blades like drawn you just go right through him and it's like passing through a cold waterfall you stagger to a stop on the other side turn around roar come at him again he doesn't move and you fling yourself at this illusion this memory this half real version of the devil half remembered half subsumed by hatred and i think by the end of you just flinging yourself at him you're kind of out of breath not only is rune out of breath but with every strike that passes through the devil their frustration grows and grows and grows until I think they are screaming bloody murder at the bottom of the tower, trying to kill the devil. And without realizing it, Rune realizes that they're crying. They can't remember the last time that they cried and they can feel not just the black tears of the devil streaking down their face, but real salty, wet, mortal tears coming down their face as they can't hit him. That scar in the center of his chest, the black one, the one where they had pierced through his skin into his heart, destroying him, becoming the god killer, it evades them. Here, in this moment, and crying, heaving, sobbing, so much blood drained from their body. Rune drops both of their long knives onto the ground, the chain clattering against the marble, and they just start pounding their fists against his chest. So much smaller than he is reaching upward toward him, trying to grab him, trying to pull him toward them, just sobbing, going, why, why, why won't you die? Why won't you leave me alone? Why did you do this to me? Rune, huh? when you share your hidden pain with someone who has broken your trust, that's your mortal trigger. You get to clear all strain. <gasps> if you'd like to engage that trigger, I can spare you from having to mark your fifth strain. Yes, please. Okay. Oh my god, okay. And I think that mortal pain flares 
more as they continue to weep and pound their fists against the devil's chest. Why? 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 Why did you do this to me? Why did you choose me? Why did you... Why did you make them suffer? Why did you... Why do you want me to suffer? Why do you keep doing this to me? Why do you want me like a ghost? I can't do this. I can't. I can't get out of here. I can't save them. I can't save anyone. I can't. Why do you... Why are you doing this to me? The devil's stone-cold, unreadable face as you're pounding against his chest, reaching up toward him. He is so tall. He looms over you like an unbreakable shadow. Something about that face, the mask of it, slips, cracks for just a fraction of a second, and you see shining through like rays of sunlight. Pain. Underneath that cruel, vicious, uncaring exterior is pain. So much pain mirrored right back at you. He lifts up a hand and grabs you by the wrist to stop you from hitting his chest once more. You think you know what grief is. You think your loss is anything compared to mine. You think I chose you. You think I wanted you. You were the best that these mortals had to offer me. You were the only that these mortals had to offer me. I had no choice. I had to accept you as the god killer if I wanted the prophecy to work. You think I wouldn't have preferred Tiang, Freya, even Aaliyah, some mortal with some kind of a spine, some kind of a... But no. You're 21, damned. Your friends, your so-called family, they were the ones who chose you. They were the ones who entrusted this power within you. And this is what they get. This is what I get. A sobbing, mewling mess. A coward. I'm not a coward. Yes, you are. Yes, we are. And the devil looks down at you with such hatred, Rune. There is such immense hatred in his eyes. But it's not pointed at you. It's pointed inward. Would you like to try to connect with someone? (sighs) Damn this game for being too fucking good. Yes, I would. (laughs) Okay. When you try to connect with someone, tell them something intimate and answer one. The GM will reveal a fragment of their pain as they answer the other. The two questions are what common ground do we share and what still divides us? Rune stares up at the devil, their face cracked open with grief, held up in a single one of his hands, dangling from their wrist. Bloodied, bruised, beaten, destroyed. 
And through their tear-stained gaze, they lock eyes with him again as he says, we, instead of you. And I think Rune can see a single tear beating in his eye, which shimmers gray, like theirs, a reflection of one another. And then their gaze is drawn upward, instinctively, like something in their heart pulls their face toward the sky, toward, not the sky, toward the top of the tower, where all of those dancing gods are, all of those gods who eat one another, all of them dying, all of it resonating and ripping through Rune's soul. And they say, I have shown you every inch of my grief you have seen every iteration of me you have followed me and haunted me like a ghost you know that the blood in my veins is written in grief even as it runs gold with the name of every god that i kill but i do not know yours show me and i would like to answer what still divides us, which is that Rune does not hate the devil any less, because just as his self-hatred is a spear pointed at his own heart that hits Rune on the way out, Rune's grief and rage is the same. It is pointed inward, but it slides through his heart when the knife connects with skin. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is what still divides you. You both still hate each other. And maybe you always will. Maybe that will never change. But I'm going to reveal a fragment of his pain as I answer what common ground do we share. So as you know, Vroon, the devil, because he is connected to your soul in a way that none of the other gods, even the ones you've killed, are, because he is he's right. He is kind of your maker. He helped create the god killer, which is you. Because of this connection, he had also been trapped in the tower when you, Antigone, Eos, Xiangshan, and Pelindar were subsumed by it. And because of that, you realize now, looking up into his gray-flecked crimson eyes, that the devil had also been forced to confront his worst self. It wasn't just the mortals in the tower who saw their worst memories, their greatest flaws reflected back at them. It was also the devil. But the devil has no physical body, right? Even as your fists are pounding against his chest, there's a kind of translucent quality to it. So instead, the devil had been trapped up in the center of the tower, along with the rest of the godly illusions now swirling above your head, forced to re-experience the chaos of the devouring from a first-hand perspective. This entire time, you hadn't seen the devil and he hadn't reached out to you because he had hidden himself amidst the chaos, just like he had when the actual devouring occurred. You sense all of this just from a glance. This is information that is transmitted perhaps even subconsciously between the devil and yourself. And now you see that flash of grayness and you recognize it for what it is in his eyes, it is pain blinking across his crimson depths, and that pain is not just emotional, it is literal. 
You see the gray in his eyes turn into a bright golden streak of light, a comet flying across his gaze from the right side of his eyes to the left side of it, passing between the two. As it flits, you realize it's not a comet. It's a star. It's the star tumbling, tumbling, tumbling down from the highest peaks of heaven down to the lowest reaches of earth and it clicks into place. You see it now inside the reflection of his eyes. You see himself standing on the peak of a building. The devil had been there, had watched as the star died. And the devil had felt pain at that. The devil had grieved. And in his grief, you see him now folding his wings around himself, tucking himself away into the shadows of chaos. In those first years of the devouring, the devil didn't kill, he didn't eat, he didn't consume, he didn't maim, he hid. That's right, he hid, and he wept. Just like you had hid and wept for seven years after you killed the devil, you and the devil both, hiding from the events that broke you, refusing to confront the mirrors in your homes, refusing to look your grief in the face. You see all of this playing out as though a moving picture in his eyes. And I think Rune realizes that the feeling that Z had felt, the ripple through their own soul as each god died, was not just them. That was the devil feeling it again, resonating inside of them. The star, you keep her name out of your mouth. You. You loved her. The silence from the devil is an answer in and of itself. That's why you... That's why you... That's why you agreed. You don't understand. You weren't there, worm. The star... He was the best of us. He was the first god to descend from the river and teach you how to worship. He taught you how to build homes. He taught you how to build fires, how to cook, how to sing. He even taught you magic. And the rest of us... Well, at first, it was just a curiosity. Look at these silly little mortals. Look how they dance. Look how they sing. Look how they... Look how they love. But after a while, the rest of us came down, too. The star made it look so easy. Loving mortals. And it was, I suppose, for her. She was easy to love. She was... She was everything. She was beauty, and art, and poetry, and she was warm and soft. And she was vicious. Oh, she could be so vicious when she was mad. But also so forgiving. So needlessly, cruelly forgiving. You could do the worst thing. 
the worst thing imaginable and she would still look at you like you were a person, like you weren't like you weren't some monster, some horrible beast beyond redemption. She, she was everything. And I failed her. When he needed me the most, I failed her. And this failure it has followed me for a millennia. It has followed me for ten centuries. It is a dark sword hanging over the nape of my neck. With every dead zone I cleansed, every ghost I purged, every god I ate, that sword grew sharper. When love has nowhere to go, it turns into grief. And when grief has nowhere to go, it turns into hatred. I hate the witness. I hate the cradle. I hate every single divinity that failed the star, failed him, failed the first and only God who was ever worthy of love, which is why God killer and the devil grabs you by the front of your shirt and pulls you close, pulls you up to face him, which is why you must make them pay. And you realize that that phrase, Rune, wasn't actually coming from Aaliyah, it wasn't coming from Jiang, it wasn't coming from the heretics. That phrase, this entire time, has been coming from the devil. When you killed the chariot rune, you had made her experience pain beyond mortal comprehension. So it must stand to reason that gods can experience sorrow beyond mortal comprehension as well. And that's the common ground that Rune shares with the devil, is they have experienced sorrow beyond mortal comprehension. And Rune struggles in his grip a tiny bit, like a baby rabbit in a death throw, before that grief overpowers them and they yield against him pulling themselves toward the devil, trying to find a space to tuck themselves in, trying to find a home inside of that grief, that rage, that fire. And for a long time, I think they weep. Until Rune pulls themselves back to look into the devil's eyes again. Zir face shining and open with every emotion they've ever felt. How? How do I fight through this? How do I make them pay when the only monster I can see is the one that stares at me in these mirrors? As you had cried and wept, the devil had slowly knelt to the ground with you in his arms. His wings are folded over the two of you. And as you had wept, he had wept as well. And as you look up into his face, you see tears, golden, shining, radiant, divine tears streaming down his ghostly, translucent face. But his eyes, 
his eyes as hard as shadow. The cradle needs monsters. It cannot change otherwise. For the past ten centuries, oh, I hid. I was a coward, I ran. No more. No more. Who cares if all you can see when you look in these mirrors is a monster, is a beast? We can use that. We can use that to burn it to the ground. To burn the cradle to the ground. You want to make a new world, don't you, heretic? Sure, go ahead. But first, we wet your blade with their blood. All of their blood. Kill the Emperor and the Empress. Kill the Hierophant. Kill the Wheel of Fortune. Kill the Magician. Kill Judgment. Kill the world! <laughs> Rune chokes back another sob as that decree, as that truth falls into them but it resonates so violently inside of their ribs and there's the tiniest flash there's the smallest whisper of Aaliyah, Opal Rekcha Jiang is that what they wanted Rune to do? and Rune says this aloud their voice a hollow whisper even as they accept the devil's charge. Is that what she wants from us? Is that what her ghost cries for when it shines down upon us from the sky? Her ghost. Her ghost. Her brother cut off her head and mounted it in the sky. When love has nowhere left to turn, when grief has nowhere left to go, all I have, all I have, all I have is this. And he grabs you by the wrists and grips you so tight and he looks into your eyes and you feel it. His hatred, his lucent, darkly shining, divine, profane hatred pulling at you once more, just like it had in the river, fighting pushing, yearning against the love of the ghosts of the heretics, the love of death. And the devil's hatred is strong. It is so strong, Rune, it is potent. It is a thousand years old because it's not just turned outward at judgment, at the witness, at the world. It is turned inward, as you have felt. It is turned toward himself. And there is no deeper pit than the pit of self-loathing that the devil has because he hates himself. He hates himself. And why wouldn't he? Why shouldn't he? He wasn't there for his beloved when she needed him the most, but we all make mistakes. Hell, I make mistakes all the time. Hello? And you don't see me beating myself up for them. 
What matters isn't how many times you fall down, devil. It's how many times you bounce back up. Am I right? And blah, 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 blah. All this trauma, all this grieving gods. Well, speaking as one, we can be a little dramatic. So your lover dies, so what? There are plenty of stars in the sky, devil, pardon the pun. It was intentional and it was hilarious. So you lose your entire family, heretic. Who cares? People are always talking about found family, so go out there, find a new one. How hard can it be, god killer? God killer. Ooh, just saying it out loud sends a shiver up my spine. God killer. Now that's a handsome title, yes sir, god killer. And Rune. Flashing in the mirrors that stud the walls of the tower is the reflection not of you, not of the devil, but of a different god entirely. A breezy, jubilant god wearing colorful patchwork clothes, puffy trousers, a loose draping jacket with chiffon tassels, a tunic that catches the light and glimmers a dizzying array of colors, and a wide-brimmed, crooked hat with a drooping point and felt stars dangling from the brim. Oh my god. They carry a bindle oh my god. over their shoulder. A long, simple wooden stick with a quilted sack tied around the end. Their face is curious, soft, open, mischievous, with loose black curls falling into a pair of rainbow-colored eyes. This god is reflected an infinite number of times in the mirrors that surround you, and every single version of them is doing something completely different. In one mirror, you see them leaning against the frame. In another, you see them sat on the ground eating an apple. In another, they're tapping the edges of the glass with their stick. And in another, they're waving at themselves from across the tower. And these hundreds of voices swirl around you and the devil as this god's words overlap with themselves. Oh, hello. Oh, how are you? You're looking handsome. No, you're looking handsome. Until the strongest voice, the voice that had initially called out to you, cuts through the fray. Now, now, that's enough. We have a guest to rescue. And every single reflection folds back into a single point within a mirror directly in front of you and the devil. And you find yourself face to face with this god. They cock their head to the side, the felt stars off the brim of their hat dangling, and they pick one foot off the ground as they regard you. And a crooked smile crosses that curious, youthful face. Knock, knock! And then they knock twice on the mirror. And as they do, the surface of the glass ripples. And the scenery behind this god changes. The interior of the tower is replaced with a roiling gray sky, thrashing thunderclouds, and the distant sound of what you can only assume is some great roaring beast. This mirror has turned into a window. You want out, right? Well, this is out. 
let's not kid ourselves here. As much as I love to jest, you're not strong enough to kill the tower and escape by your own hand. No, 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 no. Not yet. But I can give you a way out if you'd like. After all, I am the patron of wandering souls. I can go wherever I please. I'm not bound to my domain like the other arcana. I can travel the cradle, the river, the dead zones, even the inside of the tower if I want to, which I do, but I can't keep this window open forever, darling. The tower's going to get mad and we don't like it when the tower gets mad, believe me. Now, are you in or are you out? Also, hi, Devil. It's been a while. Oh my god. First of all, would I would like, like to roll to, to recognize yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes, I would. <laughs> I yes, I would. Yep. <laughs> yes, I would. But as Rune does that, as this voice starts happening, the first time that it rings out, Rune almost wrenches themselves out of the devil's grasp, peeling through layers of feathers and that thin stretch of bat skin to pull themselves out and in front of the devil as though they were protecting him, standing between the weeping devil and this new voice, these hundreds of images of the same god that coalesce into one. And I would like to roll to recognize a god, pretty please. Although I get the feeling I know who this is. Yeah, uh, yeah, as you stepped out in front of the devil kind of protectively, as soon as that voice had rung out, he had frozen. And as the voice continued going and we saw these images of this god flashing across these mirrors, the devil had slowly, slowly begun to stand behind you. And you can see and sense that shadow, right? Stretching out behind you, falling over you, casting your own silhouette into darkness. And by the time that this god addresses him, the devil has stopped weeping entirely. His face is that same mask. Whatever sliver of emotion, whatever pain had cracked through, completely sealed back up. And Runes is a perfect mirror to it. Their face is also sealed up now with the same kind of hard pain of resilience that they had worn for seven years after the 21 Damned had died. Bitter, broken resilience. Mm. Okay. When you want to recognize the signs or influence of a god of the cradle, roll 2d6, add one for each true statement. You're in or near their domain. Because they are here, yes. Mm -hmm. You're familiar with their gospel. I don't think so. I don't think you are. This god is kind of enigmatic. Mercurial. <laughs> yes, exactly. It'd be bad if you didn't know. I don't think so. Interesting. For the first time, I, I don't think it would be bad if he didn't know. So that's a plus, two, uh, plus one. Actually, Connie, mm -hmm. I would like to use my active divinity to score a full hit on this roll. You're not going to risk it, huh? Uh-uh, not today. Not with those not with those snake eyes earlier. Absolutely the not. Alright, that's fair. So it just works. Let me know what it looks like when your divinity flares up to help you identify this god immediately. Hmm. This god had said that they could travel through the river. Correct. And I think nearly a decade's worth of dreams start flittering through Rune's mind like a flipbook. Every single dream that they've ever had where they were on the banks of the river watching everyone go by searching through every single one of them to find the same pair of chiffon pants, to find the patchwork, to find the hat, to find the star, even a glimpse of it, something that they couldn't have recognized in the river while they were still dreaming, while their divinity was still dormant, but that they could maybe in this moment recognize now as they pull through the river to try to identify who this is. And on a hit, as I competently interpret the omens, I would also like to ask 
my single question, which will be, are they telling the truth? Are they really offering me a way out right now? Mm. Okay. So on a hit, I'll give you a clear interpretation of the omens, and then I'll answer that question as well. So yes, as you're filtering through your memories like a flip book, you see them, you place them, not often, but they do kind of stand out in these memories, but you've just had so many mm-hmm. that I don't think when you were dreaming them initially, they left much of an it's impression. It's just a dream. Exactly, it's just a dream. But yeah, patchwork pants, the kind of drooping hat, the bindle over one shoulder, you see this god kind of like strutting down the river in the same direction as everyone else, but unlike everyone else, they occasionally glance over at the banks at you. They've noticed you Mm. multiple times over the past seven years. Every time you've dreamed, they've been curious about you as they have pretended to be just another mortal Mm. or divine soul walking down the river. And their name pops up in your head like a flower poking up through cracks in the concrete. The Fool. Yes, I knew it. The Fool is a wandering, traveling god. They have no static They kind of go and come as they please. And based on what they've said, it seems like they can go and come anywhere they please. It is the devil that cuts in. Mm. And you hear his voice, that same icy cold voice when you first met him in the chapel, now brimming with a barely controlled rage. Fool, you are not welcome here. I thought I told you the last time. Oh, that you were going to bite my head off if I saw you again? Well, this is a little awkward because you're kind of mega uber dead. So I don't think you could bite my head off even if you tried. And the only reason you kind of have a corporeal body here is because, well, you died to make the god killer happen. Which is such an interesting thing, by the way. Ruin, you and I have a lot to talk about. But that's not really your name, is it? You're just letting the Speaker of the Above call you Rune because you think it's cute. That completely disarms Rune. I think they just kind of gop at the fool for a moment as they say that, and they just kind of stutter out because there's nothing that Z could say in this moment to make any of this make more sense. No. No, I'm not. (laughs) Yes, you are. You totally think she's cute. Stop. Who, Who are you? What do you want? Haven't you been listening this whole time? You know, good god killers listen. Well, I wouldn't know. I guess you'd be the first, right? They are the first, right? And at that, the fool looks over to the devil as if waiting for confirmation. The devil's silence doesn't seem to batter the fool down at all. They look back at you. Well, anyway, first or second or third or fourth or last or whatever, what I want is to just help you out. I mean, come on. I've got a window open. Freedom's right on the other side here. You don't want to stay to stick around to see what the tower's like. When they realize I'm here, they get mad. Because trust me, the tower throws a fit when it gets mad. Like, even a bigger fit than Little Devil over here. I'm going to answer your follow-up question now. Which is, yes. Yeah, this is an actual way out. The fool is telling the truth. This is an actual exit. Rune blinks at the fool who has forced a way open through the tower, which should be impossible. Rune understands that that should be impossible, but also they understand that it's real and that the major arcana have their own loopholes, as the devil has pointed out several times now. 
They all have a weakness, they all have a heart, they all have a downfall. And though this is not the tower's downfall, it is instead the fool's power. It is a way out. Because what they're saying is true. Rune can't leave this place on their own. They would stay here weeping with the devil for the next century. There's no way that they could. And there's a little glimmer of the memory of the five of them, the two speakers and the two champions and the god killer traveling upward on the stairs through the dancing gods before the devouring, but it's too late. The devouring has already happened. The 21 damned have already died. The star has already died. They can't go back. And Rune turns over their shoulder, taking one step toward the window, but hesitating, looking back toward the devil. The devil's face is cast in radiant shadow. He makes direct eye contact with you. <laughs> well, that's your way out. Go. Wait, I can't. I can't leave you here. Ha! <laughs> oh, you arrogant worm, you pity me? You pity me? I think you will find that even in death, there are ways I can make you hurt. So you better leave the tower. Get out of here before I hurt you. Go! And Rune, you know, uh, you and the devil have crossed a bridge with each other that you can't uncross now. And you see this display of cruelty, this promise of threat for what it really is. It's him pushing you away so that your absence won't hurt. Oof. Rune looks back toward the fool, taking two steps away from the devil as they understand that that threat of violence is very real. But there's something underneath the pit of their heart that doesn't want to leave him, still. And I think something sours on their face and they turn to the devil and he says, It is only your mistake if you cannot place pity from compassion. And they turn to the fool. Can we both come through? Oh, you and the devil? How sweet. Oh, look at this cute little connection you forged with each other. Well, of course. Your souls are bound to each other, aren't they? I have a lot of questions for you, by the way. I can't wait to ask them all when we're out of here. Speaking of which, we are going to be out of here, right? I can't keep this port open forever. Rune takes three more steps toward the fool, nodding a little bit, coming to their senses, feeling the urgency pick back up in their heartbeat, and they turn over their shoulder again, I think one hand now on the frame of this window. Devil. And they reach their hand out. You're not going to get a very good vantage point of me killing the world from in here. <laughs> With one last look back up at the illusions of the devouring of all his brethren and siblings, and even, yes, his lover, dying and weeping and killing and consuming, the devil lowers his gaze back at you, and just like that, he is at the window with you. And his hand is in your hand, and it is as cold as ice and as hot as hellfire. Rune takes it, and I, they feel their skin start to burn, their souls start to burn. All of the ghosts that follow them start to burn as they take the devil's hand and start pulling themselves through the window. As you pull yourself and the devil out through this window, there is a feeling like shimmering glass 
palpitating over you as you cross that threshold. And I think you fall backward <gasps> out of the tower. And where your hand is connected to the devil, as soon as you see your hand slip through the edge of the mirror, his hand vanishes. Because he wasn't corporeal, he had no physical form. But you do feel something warm and sizzling and bright, like a spark of that hellfire. <laughs> Ripple down your arteries, up your veins, through that point of connection to your heart. And then subsume and plunge itself back down into your soul at the same time as you plunge down and out of the tower and through the air and now you see the side of the tower this huge tall hulking mass of iridescent marble and sparkling ivory and you are falling you're free falling and this isn't just in the tower this is real this is real life you are falling through actual atmosphere and there are roiling dark thick black gray storm clouds crackling and shimmering and shining all around you you see occasionally it being lit up by flashes of lightning and you're falling and falling and there's a, a, a scent swirling in your nostrils, a scent you've never ever smelled before. It's salt, but it is so strong, such a strong, overwhelming presence of salt as you plummet down, down, down. And that roaring of that great beast is getting louder and louder. It's not just the howling of the wind, it is something on the surface underneath you as you're twisting and turning in the air below. You see, what is that? W water? But there is so much of it, so much water. Water, water from horizon to horizon, raking back and forth. You've never seen water of this size and depth and sheer coiling, broiling, naturalistic force before. And then the fool is falling beside you. They look completely unperturbed. They actually are assuming a kind of a lounging position with their oh hands God. propped up underneath their head. And their stick is kind of like falling at the same rate beside them with the cloth flaps like breezing in the wind beside them. Hey, a god killer. Ready for the next leg of your journey? So Rune is screaming. <laughs> they have fallen a lot recently, and the last few times have been more elegant than this. I think Rune is like thrashing through the air, trying to find their bearings as this sea salt spray hits their nose, hits their face, as there is thunder, as there is rain, as there is environment and element, as they have never, ever experienced it before, because the only place that there is an ocean is on the fucking fringe, mm -hmm. and Rune has never been there before. You have no idea what an ocean looks like. No. You just heard stories of it being a huge body of water. And they are not in the Citadel anymore. They are not at the Citadel anymore. Nope. They are so far from anything they have ever known before. And I think there is a shout, a scream, a mortal terror that is starting to pick up in them because they have never fallen like this before. The fool also screams oh. as you start to scream, but in jubilation. Like the scream of someone enjoying a roller coaster oh ride while you're screaming bloody murder for dear life. As the two of you are screaming at each other, there's a look of terror, abject terror on your face, and a look of just like, we are having fun on the fool's face. The two of you kind of rotate in the air as the waves below you start to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You feel like the salt spray of the water on your face, and they reach out. I think the two of you are both kind of skydiving with your bellies toward the waves beneath you. They reach out and they say, isn't this so much fun? Oh, but you will splatter like a pancake if you hit that. What? You want me to get you out of here? Yes. I can take us to that nearest cliff over there. Yes. Yes. Now. Okay. And the fool kind of swims forward in the air with like a single stroke. They cup you on either side of your face, pull you in, and they kiss you. 
God Killer First Blood is performed by Connie Chong and C. Thomas. Follow Connie on Twitter and TikTok at ByConnieChong and C on Twitter at CPlaysRPG. To play your very own campaign of God Killer and support our show, pre-order God Killer First Blood Edition on itch.io today. Transplaner RPG is made possible by your Patreon contributions and sponsors who believe in our mission to tell great stories and lift up our community. Sponsors like ExplainTrade.com. Explain Trade is a negotiation skills consultancy whose director, Dimitri Opines on Twitter, has asked us to say, and I quote, please sign up for Transplaner's Patreon because at some point people will figure out he's a cisgender white guy giving all his money to trans and queer art and then he'll be too broke to sponsor us. We love you, Dimitri, and heed his words. Sign up for our Patreon today at patreon.com slash transplanerrpg. First Blood is also sponsored by Start Playing Games, the largest online platform for players to find tabletop role-playing campaigns of your very own. Join a table that fits your schedule today at startplaying.games. We are also sponsored by Magpie Games, the independent TTRPG publisher behind such incredible works as Masks A New Generation, Avatar Legends, Urban Shadows, Bluebeard's Bride, and much, much more. Check out their amazing selection of Powered by the Apocalypse games at magpiegames.com. Finally, we're proud to be sponsored by Roll. Roll is an online RPG platform that serves as a video-first alternative to complex virtual tabletops. Build, modify, and play your very own games of Godkiller on Roll today at playroll.com.